Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. In this episode, we have Aaliyah Lovely. We dive into reincarnation, her mystical experiences growing up and visiting ghosts, plus her connection to her lineage. We talk about how COVID's alone together led to the mass realization of racism in America. This whole podcast episode is channeled and deeply spiritual and thought-provoking. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm so excited about today's guest. We have Aaliyah Lovely. Aaliyah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Aaliyah, I just want to immediately dive in. What's your journey? What really brought you to energy healing, mediumship, channeling, and mentorship? Um, so from a young child, uh, I've had some kind of spiritual or paranormal experiences. Um, I was a very sensitive kid, so I already was able to kind of feel the feelings of other people. Um, I've had a few ghost and paranormal experiences that were really like, I would say jarring at the time. And uh, to not have kind of anyone really around to grow those gifts and tell me that I wasn't crazy. Um, it was a rough road. So from probably 10 until 16, I super suppressed most of any of my abilities until about 16, my grandfather had passed away, uh, came to visit me and my father, both while we were sleeping. And we, we woke up the next morning and we had both had the same dream. And so it was, uh, you know, my grandfather saying, hey, I came to your daughter so you would know that this wasn't a dream that I actually came to see you. And so it, that freaked me out. And I was like, what is this? You know, I was having these dreams that were coming true. And it was just a lot to deal with uh, as, a, as a young person and a teenager and not having any kind of background that would support it. I grew up super um, religious, so it was difficult to find a place for that to fit. Um, these spiritual gifts that I had without it being under some kind of category of the way that religion would accept it. So um, post all of that, about 25, I would say I had my, my first awakening um, via my now ex-husband and someone who <laughs> kind of brought me out of that religious perspective. I moved to London. And since then, I've been on this journey of self-discovery of trying to remember who I am. And in the last maybe four years, it's been this potent calling a mission that I have not been able to ignore. Brilliant. Amazing. That's what were some of your mystical experiences early on? Um, well, I mean, I just could see people in our house. Like there was a bunch of times where it felt like it was normal that I was seeing these people that were hanging around the house. And um, there was one in particular, a guy who would stand over me. I would play Legos or something. And he was really tall. Like, I mean, as a child, everybody looks really tall, but I could perceive that he was almost to the ceiling. So he was quite large um, and he had kind of a Beatles haircut <laughs> and he was wearing an all white kind of gown with like a blue collar on it. And so I would see him kind of out of the, the peripheral and I would go to my mom and say, oh my gosh, mom, I can see my guardian angel. She'd go, oh, that's nice, honey. You And and it would not really take it seriously until I had an experience when I was about 10 where someone came into our room and looked like my mom. I thought it was my mom um, in silhouette because like we couldn't see it was dark um, and came towards my bed walking a bit like a marionette and which is 
highly creepy. And I remember thinking like, why can't I hear my mom's feet? And her standing over me and just breathing really heavily. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I pulled the covers over my head and then I could feel her face get really close to mine and then just like hot breath. So then at that point I was like crying and I was like, stop mom. It's not funny. It's not funny. And, um, and then eventually she raised back up and then walked away and I'm watching her walk away, but we can't hear her feet and then slam the door. So the door slams and my sisters wake up and go, what was that? And you know, whatever I was like, mom was in here or whatever. And they were like, okay. I was like, you didn't see her. And they were like, no. And so when my parents, we woke up the next day, I went to my dad and I was like, mom was in my room trying to scare me and da da da. And he's like, you guys were playing with that door. We heard you. You guys were up all night playing with the door. And we were like, we weren't playing with the door. Mom was playing with the door. And he's like, no, like, so we're going back and forth thinking like that we all heard the same sounds, but I saw whatever it was that came in. So my mom, I thought maybe somebody broke into the house. And so they're checking the security cams and stuff like that. And then finally my dad goes, okay, I know what this is. Um, I see them too. And I was like, what? <laughs> so my dad also has this very highly empathicness. Um, my grandmother on my other side has it. So I think it's some, some type of lineage thing. Wow. Um, passed down. We also have a lot of native American blood as well as Africans. So like there's some spiritual ties in there somewhere, I think. So, yeah. So that was kind of like the beginning of that journey of starting to see things. And I used to get these crazy headaches from five to nine years old. Um, they had to check to see if I had something, an issue with my brain where I would get headaches right here in the third eye region. So obviously then we weren't familiar with what that is, but now I know that I was like, okay, I was getting a lot of that psychic information coming in from the beyond. And so now like, it's not something like I, I play with or entertain with as much. I utilize that uh, information more through an empathic uh, frequency um, to understand people and where their blocks are and how I can help them heal. Um, not so much to connect with people from beyond. Um, I do it sometimes. And sometimes while we're in session, I have clients and stuff that we do energy coaching with. Um, sometimes people will come through and show up, but that's not the point of it. So if someone wants a proper mediumship reading, I'll send them to friends of mine that do that professionally. But it is kind of an interesting thing. Like a couple nights ago, there was somebody in my room kind of dancing around and I was like, okay, I'm trying to go to bed. So, <laughs> so can you please leave? Can you please leave? I'm trying to go to bed. Um, so the, yeah, so that's kind of like what, what got me really interested in a lot of these mystical things, because a lot of the things I was experiencing was, was considered weird or crazy or whatever. And actually the old, whole reason I started my podcast was because I was like, I just need a place to feel normal. Like I wanted a place to be able to go and talk about all the weird shit that I was experiencing and find my community that way. And so that's how spiritual shit was born. Amazing. And we are, I mean, I love your story. I think these stories are so awakening. I've similar stories. And I think like this has to be more mainstream, these conversations besides like horror films, like the sixth right. Sense, which I definitely watched way too young. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we love spiritual shit. We love your podcast and you actually, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about your podcast in a recent episode. You talked about the idea of quote unquote re reawakening, like you are mm -hmm. awake, but then you have another cycle of this. Can you touch more mm -hmm. upon this? Yeah. Um, so like, I think, I think the episode you're talking about is, uh, awaken now what, 
um, is like we we get to this place where we understand the foundational aspect of who we are and we start to remember what that is and our foundation gets pulled from underneath us and it's very much just kind of like rug pull and so we get into that space where we're very interested and curious and we start digging into everything like what does this mean and we buy all the books and we do all the podcasts and we watch all the YouTube and we consume so much information about this newfound uh, awakening that we've had, and which is the fun part, right? That's the part. It's exciting to go, okay, wow, like I can dig into all this stuff. I am the spiritual being. And I feel in some ways the universe is like, welcome to the party. And so as like a guest, they show you around and show you this is this is the couch you can sit on and you can go have a drink here. And then at some point, you're not a guest anymore. And so the universe doesn't treat you like one anymore. And I think that's kind of when you start to have this kind of like, okay, now what? Now that I've done all this research and I've discovered all this stuff, what do I do with it? And a lot of people get caught in, and I'm guilty of it too, got, get caught in the spiritual bypassing where we now know that we are these spiritual beings and we have all this information and the ego loves to kind of utilize that and say, look at me, I'm the one who's awakened versus this person who's not awake, you know? And we start making these polarizing kind of conclusions about how much further we are because we've had this experience and other people don't understand it. And I think the human body just kind of does that naturally. It's a way of uh, survival mechanism. But then we start running into shit. <laughs> and then we start learning about what is shadow work? And oh, I don't want to do that. Like, what is what are these triggers that I'm experiencing? And now that I'm the spiritual being, why does this have to why does this suffer? Why is this harder? Um, and it gets harder. It gets harder and harder and harder. Um, not to incentivize anybody, but <laughs> there's just this aspect that it's like, okay, now that you've learned and you understand this part of who you are, now you get into get, get into deeper aspects of yourself. This healing that we're taking place is not linear. It's circular, cyclical almost. So we'll come through these triggers and these lessons and come back and revisit them and deepen our mastery of them and learn how to fully embody who it is that we are and not look at it just from a surface level. What I think some people feel like is that awakening is the finish line when in fact it's the beginning of the race. Aaliyah, that is so beautiful. It's this ongoing deep work that we have to do. It's like a daily devotion that you're talking mm -hmm. about. And for everybody who's listening, I also have a lot of listeners who are empaths and Maybe they are also having mystical experiences where they are seeing, feeling, hearing things that others are recognizing is not there. What are some tools mm -hmm. they can use? Or even the the person that was dancing around in your room a couple nights ago, how did you, is there a way to ask this energy to leave? Yeah. Um, so first we have to confront fear. Um, when this first started happening, I was getting a lot of what I would call earthbound spirits. Um, or lower vibrational energies that were coming through and the people that like to hang over your bed. Um, and so I, I did some research and learned about like, okay, what does it mean to look like to raise my vibration? What does that, what does that do? So I stopped eating meat, cold turkey, <laughs> pun intended. Um, I stopped eating dairy. I stopped drinking caffeine and alcohol, like almost all in the same month and just decided like, okay, like, I don't, I don't want to feel afraid anymore. I want to be able to heal faster. Um, and that was something that like, I, I read about it, but I was also called to it. It was like, um, I was feeling this pull to like, I remember my journals, I, I do automatic writing. I have a channel uh, guide that I talk to all the time. And she was telling me, Hey, pretty soon you're going to have to eliminate this dairy. Pretty soon you're going to have to get rid of this meat. And I'm writing this down and being like, 
but cheese though. <laughs> but I wanted to be able to to raise my vibration high enough that I was able to connect with these guys easier and and keep myself out of the frequency range that tuned into those lower energy spirits. And so just like a radio station, like you can turn on to this station to listen to this music and then you can turn it off and turn to another one. So in that way, I wanted my body to tune into a higher vibration that would allow me to heal faster to not carry some of the weight so long, like the things that just like stick to your body energetically, um, that they wouldn't be in that frequency anymore and would let go. And so that was the first step. The second step was getting rid of fear and recognizing that, okay, I'm the one in the body. So this is my experience. Um, the person who's trying to contact me is not in the body. So I'm the one that has the say so here. Like you can't hurt me without my permission. So I need to be in the frequency in order for you to be able to hurt me. Not that I've had any spirits ever hurt me, but like getting past that like movie era of ideal of what ghosts and spirits are. Um, to me, they're just, they're just other people disembodied. And so asking them and saying, I remember there was a, when I lived in one of my apartments that had a lot of activity in it, um, I had a totem. And I said, when this is on my nightstand, I would say it before I go to bed, when this is on my nightstand, you cannot talk to me and put this on the night. So I, I made a boundary about that. So they would stop coming to me during that. And I said, if you really need to talk, come to me in my dreams. And then I would get these weird ass dreams about people or whatever, and who just maybe just needed to be heard. And some of them I didn't even remember, but I remember a lot of that activity stopped around the time of me going to sleep and going to bed. Um, so that was super, super helpful. Um, and then just kind of acknowledging if you, if you feel presence around you, um, often, like often I get a lot of family members that are around or ancestors. And so I always ask, like, are you, are you a part of my family? Are you someone who watches over me or whatever? And I get chills with, to, as ad affirmation. Um, and then I don't feel so scared. You know, my grandmother, when she passed, she said, I'm going to make all the lights flash around you um, to fuck with you. That's what she said. <laughs> uh -huh. And thanks so, grandma. Yeah. So when she died, that started happening all the time. I have about 15 videos on my phone where I can show you the, the blinking lights, or whatever. And it's a lot of times, mostly when I'm traveling, like when I'm going somewhere else. So whenever I go see other mediums, she comes forward right away and they're like, oh, she loves all your travels and whatever. I try to go see a medium every like two, three months, like just a different one to see if she'll come up again. Um, and, and sure enough, like the flashing lights just start up all over when I'm traveling, especially if I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm walking by myself and I'm kind of scared or something like that. The lights will start flashing on and off on a street light or a light post or inside of a hotel room or something like that. Um, when I lived in Bali for a couple months this past January, there was a light that would go on and off all the time. And I was like, okay, she's just letting me know that she's here and that she's with me. And the maintenance guy came into my room and he was like, Hey, what are you doing with this light? It's burning out every couple days. And I was like, I'm sorry, my grandma is coming here. He's like, your grandma where? And I was like, my, as a spirit. <laughs> and he, which in Bali, they totally like, yeah. They yeah. And I was, he was like, okay. I said, well, unless you guys have faulty wiring and there's something wrong with the light, like, did you check that? And he was like, no, the lighting, the wiring is fine. It's just since you got in this room that this light keeps going out. And I was like, okay, yeah. So, so her showing up, like to me, was a comfort of like being able to know that, okay, my ancestors are around and they're, I'm being protected in this way. I so. love that. I love how that's such an acceptable statement in Bali. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. He was like, oh, okay. Got it. Got it. I said, just don't, don't fix the light. Leave it off. Cause she keeps, uh, she keeps playing with it. And he was like, all right, cool. And I love that. I mean, why couldn't our society be more like that where we accepted those things? Like that we are these spiritual beings having a human experience, not the other way around. 
And so to be able to engage with it and not like, the, I, I think for empaths, if anybody's wanting to open themselves up to it more, it's more about acceptance than anything. It's more about like, I mean, I think everybody's an impasse to some degree. It's just, we suppress a lot of it. We tell ourselves we don't feel that, or we're told that we're, we can't cry or these releases or these healings that we need to happen mm -hmm. around our bodies in order to feel what our, our full, this full spectrum of our senses feel. And so like in that way, I think that's what I do with a lot of my coaching is help people understand how powerful they are and be able to kind of engage with that side of themselves in order to, to open up new perspectives and new awakenings even. Wow, the world would be such a different place if these yeah. were just common conversations. And you've mentioned this on your podcast and a little bit on social media about this energetic awakening or like what's happening right now in this present moment is this mass awakening. I deeply feel that too. It's, it's raw. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what you think. Well, what's going on in the world right now is for like, when let's start with COVID. Um, before that, we had the fires in Australia. Uh, Kobe Bryant died. Like there was just like a lot of news around like all this devastation that was happening that just seemed really shocking. And then um, COVID hit, and I think with with COVID, it put the world on a frequency where we were all in this type of unity consciousness. We were all worried about the same things. We we're first for the first time in the same boat. So for the most part, like people who are essential workers versus people, celebrities or, you know, whatever, um, regardless of the different socioeconomical, you know, status and stuff like that, everybody was scared of catching this virus and what it would do to their family members or if they would lose anybody they loved. And so that might be the first time in our lifetime that we've gotten to see that on that scale. Um, so us bringing us together, every commercial that we'll see would say, we're in this together. This is unprecedented times, you know, like the whole deal. And so when George Floyd and uh, like in the rest of, you know, Breonna Taylor and everybody um, came to light for, for the black community, this wasn't new. Like we've seen this over and over and over and over. This is what we cry about. This is what we talk about around the dinner table while everybody else turns a blind eye. And in our communities, it's just something that we're like, we feel continually traumatized by over and over and over to see nothing change this time. Whoa. Like it was, it was such a different response in a worldwide ripple. Um, and I believe that's because of COVID like putting us into that unity consciousness of like, okay, we said we were all in this together. Are we, you know, it's like that kind of like, you know, put your money where your mouth is kind of moment. And so for myself, even like being a black person, um, it was it's it was difficult to speak up about it because during this time, like mo most of the time, I don't want to talk to my white friends about this stuff because most of the time they don't want to talk about it. And so to speak about my pain or the pain of the realization of the way that this country and the, the world treats people of color, um, it was just a lot of times it felt like it was too much. And it was like, you know, nobody it would fall on deaf ears. So what was the point? And this time I had everybody in my DMs, people I haven't talked to in 10 years being like, oh my God, so what's going, you know, like, are you okay? And, you know, it's like, huh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't talked to you since 1992. I don't know. Like, what's like, hi. <laughs> so it was, it's just kind of been a very different experience. Um, the podcast that I, I did a podcast episode that says uh, that episode about racism that you're too uncomfortable to listen to. And that one went viral. And I was so shocked because I didn't know that speaking up in my deepest vulnerabilities and areas that hurt the most would have such a 
resounding resonance with people. And I know, I know as a calling, as a mission, like I'm supposed to use my voice to help awaken others. But during this time, particularly, I felt it. I woke up on the, that morning with it burling in my chest and saying, you got to say something. You have to say something. And I'm going, no, I don't want to say anything. Like, oh, you know, why is it my responsibility? This is already so heavy, you know, like all of those things. And then I heard so loudly, but this is what you came here for. This is why you're here to do this work. And I, and I was energized by it. And I was like, okay, okay, let's get in this lane. Let's do this work. Let's, it's hard and it's heavy and there's a lot of explaining. And I felt like I was doing a bit, bit like, you know, people will start confessing their guilt, you know, like, oh, one time when I was this, I'm trying to do better or whatever. And I was like, you don't need to confess to me. Um, but I had that human side of me that was like, this is not my responsibility. I don't need to do this. And then the, uh, the very spiritual side of me, this is, this is why I came here. This is why I do this. This is why I'm here. Like I'm here to help people heal. So if they need to confess their, their microaggressions or, you know, whatever that they have experienced at some point um, or did to someone else, then okay, I'll be the priest, you know? <laughs> um, so it's been a, an interesting time to be able to see that like as a collective, we're all waking up, like people are not letting up on black lives matter movement for the first time, you know, like every time it's like, okay, when is this going to pass over? I've got, white friends who are posting daily about it still. And I'm like, even me, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, this is getting, it's tiring, you know, to continue to have to face um, when you face the lifetime of it. So like uh, I'm letting those people, those allies step forward and take the brunt of the, the heaviness of the, something that I've carried for so long, but it's been really interesting to just see how much response people are having behind it and how in that way, like, this is not what I, even thought about when I thought about awakening uh, last year, when I knew this year was coming up, I knew 2020 was going to be clarity. Like I kept, I kept saying it, that this was going to be a really crazy year. And I'm thinking like amazing year, but it is, even though the way that it looks to us interpreted wise is like, it's terrible. It's horrible. This is the year that woke us up. And so we should be grateful and thankful to see that the progress of this, maybe in 10 years or so, even will be a whole different world that we'll live in. Hi, everyone. Are you unlocking your full potential? We pause this episode to make sure that you have a meditation and mindfulness routine that supports your highest potential, increase productivity, lower your stress levels, and improve your sleep. This is why we created the Spiritual Intelligence Quiz. Join thousands of others that have taken this 30-second quiz to help them find a meditation routine best for their personality type. You are unique. Your meditation practice should be too. Go to erinrachelpeltcom slash quiz or head over to my homepage to check it out there. Again, it's erinrachelpelt E-R-I-N-R-A-C-H-E-L-D-O-P-P-E-L-T.com forward slash quiz to take the quiz today. See you there and enjoy the rest of the episode. Because of your innate gifts and because of this awakening right now, are any of your ancestors coming in and saying, Aaliyah, like this is, this is the time, this, the pressure is on. Yep. Um, I'm getting a lot of some like hope um, from ancestors past who have experienced a lot of, uh, you know, racism, oppression. I'm also Native American. So can you imagine the oppression on both sides? Um, so it's kind of ironic. And 
there was a lot of me always running to go to live in Europe or, you know, other places or whatever. And they kept bringing me back here. And America is a different, difficult climate for, for people of color. And there's so many kind of like idiosyncratic, like nuanced uh, aspects of the layer and complexities of systemic racism. Um, but my, I, I do feel like that. My ancestors like, uh-uh, no, this is supposed to end with you. So get back here, <laughs> back to America, stay your ass there and <laughs> do this work. Um, so I do feel that for sure. Um, definitely my, my grandmother has played a large role in that. Um, just being able to talk to her, confide in her, um, see that she's around, you know, like those kind of things. It's been a huge support system as well as my main guide who I call Karen, which is now funny because funnier because now everybody's talking about Karen. Um, <sighs> there's just like a, she has a different name, but I called her that because I was like, she'll call the manager on me if I'm not doing what I need to do in my life. Oh, Karen. To, as far as my, uh, my calling and stuff goes. So anyway, it's been, it's been interesting to kind of see and hear and feel that responsibility, feel that accountability, feel like what it is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing and then to feel energized by work that is so difficult to do because this is what I was made for. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And this is the time to really rise and have these conversations. And especially in this moment, I also, I feel this pull towards the conversation around reincarnation because those who, who mm -hmm. can't handle it, it's like their first time here or their second time. It's it's like the young souls that are so uncomfortable right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's it's interesting because like I don't I don't I don't claim to understand reincarnation to the depth of which I'd like to. Um I understand from my perspective um that I was at some point done with Earth and that I volunteered to come back during this time. And I don't know if that's actually the case or not, but I did a couple past life regressions that showed up and was like, Hey, you were done. You were on another planet somewhere <laughs> and, uh, and decided to come back here. And I think like, since I was a child, I've always had a very, like, just a very, um, disinterest in, in my body, disinterest in like the earth as a whole, always cut like called earth, uh, this dust planet like I used to say that when I was younger like just weird stuff like that that I would have this kind of like ugh, about this particular place um but then also knowing on some level that th there was something very distinct that I was supposed to be here doing and so most of my life while I was not in that purpose I was like what the fuck am I here for you know I was having that feeling a lot and then to see kind of like you know, we watch in the news, we watch some of the blatant bigotry and blatant racism and blatant, you know, just single mindedness. And I have to look at those people with such compassion, not that I'm better than them, that I'm older than them or that I'm more wise than them. It's just that the universe chooses to experience the world from every perspective and every facet. And what is it like to be someone who's so close minded? And in that way, there's like some type of purpose to that polarity. Like we grow as a means of like having that opposite, you know, like if we were all just awake and rolling around or whatever, at some point, someone would develop some hierarchical way of like oppressing other people. It seems to be in our human nature. So I don't think we would have gotten away without it, but I do think that in all facets of that, we need to see the, the in that polarity, we are still one we're still all connected. And so in every aspect to be able to find compassion for other people who just don't get it, 
or who just don't like understand or whatever. I, at first I used to hold it against people and be like, why can't you understand? And like fucking racist, blah, 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 blah. And I've been able to learn and have a more loving perspective for people who, who just can't get it. Like they don't have enough empathy. They have too much fear. And I don't know how many lifetimes I live, but like if we, if we didn't even entertain reincarnation, just say for my bloodline, there's so many different walks of life in my bloodline of so many different experiences, so much that people have had to evolve from and give me such significant empathy for other people, knowing that that's what's in, in my, in my DNA. That makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I wonder, I feel like that was a channeled message for a lot of people listening, actually, because we do, we get frustrated or, you know, we're meditating, we're like eating well, we like think we're spiritual-ish and mm -hmm. we have a hard time with people who are, are not choosing to grow. Yeah. So I think just choosing the empathy and everything that you just said deeply resonated with me. And, and I also get to see you and I feel, I feel the channel. <laughs> which is really, which is so fun for me and why I love this. I do want to ask you, so you talk about your guides and how you connect to your angels. Is this something that everyone can do? And how would we do that? I think everybody can do it. Um, to me, it's like, again, earlier, what I said about acceptance, um, getting to that place where you accept what it is that's coming to you, because most people will encounter these things, but they'll write it off. Oh, I saw 444. Well, that's just a coincidence. Now I'm seeing 444 every day. Why the hell am I seeing it every day? Because they got your attention. And angels and guides communicate through. That's a, It's an easy means, right? Numbers are constant. Numbers are everywhere. So it's a very practical, logical way to get someone's attention because they can put that message in anything to 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 say, hey, what's up? You know, um, if they had come to you and said it out loud, you might freaking pee your pants. So um, and that's been ha that's happened to me a few times. But when you get into that space of acceptance, you get into that space of, okay, like what am, what is it that I'm hearing? What, the way that I really started to hear my guides first was through automatic writing. So when I would journal and sit down, I would write a question first and then whatever came to my mind, that's what I would write down. And there's a first, this part of you that's like, okay, um, you know, like I'm making this up or this is in my head or whatever. But at some point, something else takes over. My handwriting changes while I'm in the middle of talking and then channeling starts. And then it feels like I can't keep up because like the words are coming so fast. Um, and during, even during like my podcast, sometimes I'll make uh, voice memos to myself. A lot of times when I do my individual podcast, I'm just channeling. Like it's not even so much of me speaking as much as someone speaking through me. And like most people be like, that's scary. It's like someone's possessing. And it's like, not quite because there, we do have a higher self also who acts as a guide, someone who's in a parallel or in our future dimension. That's what I believe. And so that, that person, what we, people might've called your guardian angel at some point, I don't know, maybe that's, that's who it is, but there's this guidance that comes through. That's so wise that I was like, there's, there's nothing in my, my experience or my body or vernacular that would come out the way that this per, that this writing just showed up. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been how I would have said it. It wouldn't have been even wisdom I would have attained at that moment. The first time I heard my guide, I was in uh, Italy in Puglia and I was there to shoot a wedding and I was laying in the Adriatic Sea and I was just floating and I, I, I was in such bliss, like such a, I just gotten through a really tumultuous divorce and just like all this like deep, heavy lifting of like trying to figure myself out again. And I'm laying in this water, clear as day, you can see 20 feet down, like more and little fish like swirling around, it's just peaceful. And I said, what do I need to hear right now? 
what do I need to hear right now? And almost audibly, I heard what I deemed or called Karen um, say, don't look. Aaliyah, don't look. Don't look for the man. Don't look for the career. Don't look for this, this, this running after this happiness, this, all this stuff that you're doing yourself to make yourself busy. Just be. This is the first time that you've ever truly been free. You're not responsible to your parents, not your ex-husband, not a tyrannical God. This is the first time everything, you're, you're free to make your own mistakes. You're free to make your own experience. And this time will be short. So don't look. And I just, I mean, I memorized that because it was so potent. I remember to write it down. And it felt like maybe that was, okay, I was two minutes, right? And I look up, kind of like wake up, I guess. I'm still laying in water, like floating. And my friends have been calling me for a while. <laughs> Like, Hey, and they were like, I was like, how long was I out there? Like, they looked like they were like, um, cause I had in, essentially floated away. I was pretty deep back into the sea. Um, and so they got worried. And so at some point I was like, they said I was out there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I thought for sure I was out here for two or three minutes, five minutes max. No, like I was in some type of deep meditative state. Who knows? Maybe that would have been like, there was some kind of activation happening, but like I was in this such a peaceful space. And I remember those words. And what did I do? I got back home and I started looking. <laughs> I was like looking for the man, looking for the career, whatever. And I bumped my head and I kept bumping my head until I couldn't bump my head anymore. There was no more space. <laughs> and the universe was like, all right, finally, she's in a space to listen. So I do think that everybody can, everybody can connect to their guides. It's just you believing the information that you're getting. It's the non-acceptance and the fear that keeps us from really absorbing whatever those messages are, that second guessing and that question always um, doubting ourselves and doubting our abilities, doubting that people are talking to us. And that's usually the problem. It's not that you don't have the ability. It's that you override it. I also love how in spiritual experiences, time distortion is a common theme. And it's just, yeah. you laugh at yourself. Like we live our whole life on this concrete 24 hour clock and days and months, weeks and years. And it's, you know, it's not real. So being able to yeah. shift that perspective. Yeah. Aaliyah, if you had all the ears of the women in the world and you could share some wisdom with them, what would you share with these women? For all the women in the world. Now, hear me when I say this, and I'm not saying controversial at the beginning, but women, we need to stop trying to be men. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of us have not either had present fathers or um, fathers that, that nourished our emotional sides of ourselves, or we lived in environments or cultures that have always uh, valued men over women and their abilities. And so we've animated in our masculine energy so hard um, that we reside there almost full time. Like we got to do, do, do and go, go, go and be efficient or whatever. But a lot of our, not a lot, a, like a, a huge chunk of our power and our strength comes from our feminine side. And I hate when people call it the softer side because it's not necessarily softer at all. It is, it is strong and magnetic it is seduction. It is the pull. It is the force that like allows things to come and bring things into our lives. It is attraction. So we don't often, or at least what I see a lot in a lot of my clients is that we forget that there's this other really powerful energy that we can utilize to where, and men could use it too, you know, if they so choose, if they were like more polarized that way, but like we, we can pull things into our life that are magnetic and attractive and, and yummy and blissful and awake. And we can 
we can make, we can move mountains with that type of power when we're not pushing something all the time. We're not trying to make force or make something happen. And I do deeply believe that in that aspect of, and you know, obviously like this applies across all of, um, this is not a gender thing. It's just an energy thing. Yin and yang. I wish they didn't call them masculine and feminine because people associate that with gender, but um, the yin and the yang and that the yin energy is, is, so strong that that's why a lot of women were getting burned at the stake because it was scary that the power in which that they held between their <laughs> between their legs between their their eyes between you know in their mind and in their heart and the way that women are able to connect with other people like you can walk in a room and know if something's up with your sister or your mom or your dad like you you just you just know stuff and so because we haven't had that aspect of ourselves suppressed we need to lean into our greatest gift there and learn that at least for us women that there is value in being a woman not being a woman who can be like a man mic drop beautiful <laughs> thank you thank Aaliyah you. where can we find you um my podcast is spiritual shit on all major platforms and then you can find me on my website at the lovely Aaliyah a-l-e-a.com um, or the lovely Aaliyah on instagram or twitter Aliyah, thank you so much for being here and sharing your great wisdom. 